And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo, good morning, man. How you doing? Good morning to you, too, sir. I'm, do- I'm doing very well. How are you? Oh, be, you know, pretty good. Yeah, yeah pretty good. It's been a, um, been a fun morning. It has been a fun morning. You know, it's it's great that we are here together for the series of episodes that we're, we're working on right now, yeah. which which is really exciting. You know, it, actually, I thought about it this this morning. And, you know, aside from the fact that we've, we've got this opportunity to have all of these like great concepts and kind of like work on them together and, you know, do do these classic episodes, do these new episodes. You know, I feel like almost every single one alludes to the fact that we're in New Orleans. And aside from, you know, there's there's, there's a few episodes like wild that are going to come out between each one. Right. Right. And one of them in particular, I'm thinking of will have probably already come out by now. And so I'm thinking like, you know, it's interesting. They're going to think we just we just moved to New Orleans, you know, because yeah. like, they're going to hear us in New Orleans for like the first like quarter of the year. <laughs> like, what are they? Are they are they there now? Are they? <laughs> yeah, it's like, where are you? I'm here. Come come visit. No, it, yeah, we're just trying this out and seeing how it goes. We're excited about traveling around a little bit and and also just still recording again in person where yeah. we can kind of see each other and hang out and take lunch breaks and go have time just catching up about the family and stuff. So that part's good. And, you know, I think I want to say that even on our like episode 300, maybe we I think I could be wrong because in, in that 300 was when we were at Missouri Mirrorstrom. Right? I think so. Yeah, I think when I was kind of going through like, all right, here's some of like our peak episodes. Here's some of our favorite episodes. Here are the episodes that never happened for this reason <laughs> or another reason. I think I alluded to the fact that one of the ideas, the crazy ideas we were kicked around was like a travel show, like yeah. a, a doc. I mean, like it's still something that like, absolutely is still like very interesting to us. I mean, in the modern age, it kind of kills a lot of like planning for such things. Oh, that, well, that's <laughs> you know true. I mean? Yeah, but, I mean, you, the only place you're traveling in a lot of states is, uh, you know, to the testing center or right. whatever. <laughs> well, and on top of that, you can't really like plan on any kind of consistency to do that like, over and over and no, over. No, you really can't. No. So this is this is kind of our. Uh, it just occurred to me this morning, like you know, it's it's interesting. This is without intention, kind of like a bit of like a, a version of something that we've been trying to do for a long time. Yeah. And trying to figure out how to make it work, and so this is almost kind of like the the beginning of that, which is which is yeah. kind of fun. So sure, anyway, I just I, I just I was just very reflective about that, which is good. Hey, look, it's from the library. This is the time to get reflective from the library. That that is what we're doing today. Yeah, and it is time to get reflective. You know, we're thinking about I, you know things that may or may not involve pipe smoking. Today it won't, but you know, we're just trying to be maybe thought provoking or maybe just a little pensive and contemplative. So yeah. Well, that's a great thing, man. You can like pack your pipe, bust up on a book, and uh, and uh, you know, kind of yeah. get get a little bit more contemplative. In fact, you know, a lot of times you might sit down, you might try to speed read something like that. You're not going to be that same kind of contemplative. If you're trying to smoke your pipe, you got to take breaks. You know what I mean? Like you have to find yeah. that flame, which means that you need to be able to stop. Yeah. And while you're you know uh, tamping the ash or kind of uh, prodding your uh, your your bowl there, right? You got you got to. You're thinking like, okay. What did they just say? Like, what what was this person trying to? You know, like it's in the back of your mind. I mean, like, man, right 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 here. You know, I'm I'm looking at my uh, you know, Strauss Strauss tobacconist uh, Sleepy Hollow, and uh, you know, I don't know if it's going to pair perfectly with what we're going to read, because I don't know that I would like think that Sleepy Hollow <laughs> is going to match up with C.S. Lewis. But I know, right? We'll see. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it's it's interesting. It, it may or may not. It might be uh, might be a balm uh, to to kind of help us along the way as we uh, wrestle with C.S. Lewis a little bit this morning. Yeah. But, but yeah, you know, the, again, we've we've had one of these episodes before. We've done from from the library. The concept here is we're gonna we're gonna you know engage with some content ourselves and invite you to do that with us. And right. and we're gonna do it just in kind of in real time with me and Bo and you know consume some content and uh, we'll stop occasionally and kind of kick it around and we'll just pull the thread and see where it goes yeah, so now um, he's a philosopher yeah. so. all right so I'm, what, I'm excited what, what are we reading today today man? we are going to our friend c.s lewis and uh, lewis he obviously a prolific writer of the uh, 20th century uh respected both in you know the halls of of literature and academia but you know also certainly known as someone who's kind of an a, a you know a christian apologist for certainly the first half of the 20th century and so he writes a lot of fiction writes some thought-provoking items that deal more with theology and trying to engage with you know hard subjects that folks in the 20th century find difficult and because of circumstance and so today we are going to read a few excerpts from a book that is not one of his top sellers but is certainly one of the most interesting ones to me and it's called a grief observed and it's by C.S. Lewis this book was published in 1961 and actually came out under a different name it came out under the pseudonym N.W. Clark. He published this anonymously, and later in later years, it was only released that hey, this was actually C.S. Lewis writing this book. A grief observed is actually his journaling, his you know wrestling with the events after his wife died, mm, yeah, and trying to figure out how on earth to. To process this and the the death of his best friend and the death of his lover and, you know, and the comfort he can take from the Lord, the bitterness he struggles with towards towards God and towards events. And and he's just wrestling with this. It's it's very interesting. And I I highly commend this book to you. Lewis's wife, Joy Davidman, they got married and he, he was aware that she was sick. Eventually she passes away. But he refers to her in this book as just the letter H. She went by Joy, but I think her first name was Helen. And so he refers to her as the letter H in this book. Did she have a son? I don't know. All right. I feel like I saw a play. I feel like I should know that, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah. And I, I'm, sure, I'm sure our listeners know one way or the other. I, and, yeah. and I apologize for this. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking back. I feel like I saw a play about C.S. Lewis's life in which it was him like meeting his wife and marrying her. Yeah. And I believe she had a son. Maybe it was a nephew, or maybe that was a character that was just made up for the play. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he was supposed to be like the youth in all of us that read C.S. Lewis or something of that nature. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. All right. Tangent. I'm <laughs> just curious. Well, no, that's great. Uh, Lewis, obviously, you know, is a really interesting character in his own right and is is a very thought provoking person. And so, you know, I, I would we're going to read a few excerpts from this, but I encourage you to to check it out on your own and, and digest the full thing. So starting here in chapter one, we'll start off by reading just a little bit. No one ever told me that grief felt so like fear. I'm not afraid, but the sensation is like being afraid. The same fluttering in the stomach, the same restlessness, the yawning. I keep on swallowing. At other times, it feels like being mildly drunk or concussed. There's a sort of invisible blanket between the world and me. I find it hard to take in what anyone says, or perhaps hard to want to take it in. It is so uninteresting. Yet I want the others to be about me. I dread the moments when the house is empty. If only they would talk to one another and not to me. There are moments most unexpectedly when something inside me tries to assure me that I don't really mind so much, 
Not so very much after all. Love is not the whole of a man's life. I was happy before I met H. I have plenty of what are called resources. People get over these things. Come, I shan't do too badly. One is ashamed to listen to this voice, but it seems for a little to be making out a good case. Then comes a sudden jab of red-hot memory. All of this common sense vanishes like an ant in the mouth of a furnace. On the rebound, one passes into tears and pathos, maudlin tears. I almost prefer the moments of agony. These are at least clean and honest. But the bath of self-pity, the wallow, the loathsome, sticky, sweet pleasure of indulging in it, that disgusts me. And even when I'm doing it, I know it leads me to misrepresent H herself. Give that mood its head in a few minutes. I shall have substituted for the real woman a mere doll to be blubbered over. Thank God the memory of her is still too strong. Will it always be too strong to let me get away with it? For H wasn't like that at all. Her mind was lithe and quick and muscular as a leopard. Passion, tenderness, and pain were all equally unable to disarm it. It scented the first whiff of cant or slush, then sprang and knocked you over before you knew what was happening. How many bubbles of mine she pricked. I soon learned not to talk rot to her unless I did it for the sheer pleasure, and there's another red-hot jab of being exposed and, and laughed at. I was never less silly than I was as H's lover. And no one ever told me about the laziness of grief, except at my job, where the machine seems to run on as much as usual. I loathe the slightest effort. Not only writing, but even reading a letter is too much. Even shaving. What does it matter now whether my cheek is rough or smooth? They say an unhappy man wants distractions, something to take himself out of himself. Only as a dog-tired man wants an extra blanket on a cold night. He'd rather lie there shivering than to get up and find one. It's easy to see why the lonely become untidy, finally dirty and disgusting. So we'll stop there. Woo, woo. And he's in a lot of pain. Yeah. You know, this this is coming from a person, obviously, who just, just lost, lost his wife. He's writing this uh, in a series of notebooks over the first like couple months after she dies. Right. And it is really almost like stream of consciousness kind of thing. Not yeah. not quite, but but you're getting that essence and that he's just kind of getting it out, you know. You know, it's interesting. I've been working on this project where it's kind of a re- we're producing a kind of a Bible reading through the day like every single day. Yeah. And as we record this, like we just I think I like we're like midway through Job. <laughs> you know. <what> I mean? <laughs> And I mean, like listening to Job, you know, like over and over on a daily basis, like one of the most like soul crushing things ever. And I mean, I'm, you know, and there's different schools of thought. I've, I've always, I've never yeah. been one to read Job, Job as literal, but still the, the message and the story is just so crushing. It is. <laughs> just constantly. It really is. Yeah. Crushing. And like, as, as I hear Lewis here, like it just brings me back to Job and just like the, con- like, like just the distraught. Now, obviously when you have kind of that loss that's so... Pr- I, I could not imagine losing my wife. Yeah. Like, I'd be destroyed. And, and, and we've had listeners, obviously, who've written in, who've actually gone through that process. Who already have. And, and it's, it's you know, yeah. awful. Or their spouses. And, I mean, I, I wouldn't be able to write <laughs> about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That, that's, 
And Ugh. yeah, and and you do you do wonder like okay, so Lewis published this under a pseudonym, right? He felt what was like, a pseudonym out of curiosity. Do you know? Uh, it was in what did I say N W Clark, I N- think. Oh, that's right. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Or mm-hmm. N W Clark, maybe. Uh, but you know, he was he he needed to get this out, but he also felt uh, obviously that it was valuable, that it was something that, that mm-hmm. could maybe help others or was important to get on record. He wanted other people to to have a template for it. And you really see him kind of going back and forth. He's talking about, you know, thinking about his wife in a way that almost misrepresents her and then feeling guilty for that, you know. And yeah. it, you, see, you see him battling with this grief back and forth. It's very fascinating. It, it really, really is. You know, the the practice of writing something deeply personal and doing so in an open way, like literally, like it's like almost in an open letter. Right. Even though it's not necessarily for, like it's it's for the, like you present it to the public to process it, but it is intentional and to whom its audience is. Here, it seems very yeah. intentional to himself. Yeah. As he's processing it. But that line early on, Between the World and Me, obviously, you know, made me think of Between the World and Me by ta Coates, which is essentially a letter to his son. Yeah. But it is very much for everybody to read so that as he's processing his own emotions with this letter to his son, mm-hmm. there's a nature in which he's doing so in a public way mm-hmm. to give other people to like process the world through his eyes, but not as he's trying to like process it on his own, but to his son. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's, it's, it's very interesting. And so anyway, just that line in particular, like, like jumped out to me and, and obviously made me think of the, the book yeah. by the same name. Yeah. And then there's also just that, that whole like, man, this, this is deeply personal. Yeah. And you almost, you He's, almost feel like, like, man, you, you're, you're really letting us in. You know what I mean? For this. And, and he is. Yeah. You know, Lewis is vulnerable Very already, so, yeah. but he, but in here he's, he, he, he cranks it up. He pulls that curtain way back. He does. We're going to continue on in chapter two okay. and he starts, I must think more about H and less about myself. He's, he's kind of, he's kind of lamenting the fact that he's groveling so much, right? Even though he, mm. even though he probably deserves to be able to grovel because he just lost his wife. He's kind of giving himself a hard time for some of the things that he's, that he's written here. Right. So he goes on to say, uh, I, I must think more about H and less about myself. Yes, that sounds very well, but there's a snag. I'm thinking about her nearly always, thinking of the H facts, real words, looks, laughs, and actions of hers. But it is my own mind that selects a group of them. Already less than a month after her death, I can feel the slow, insidious beginning of a process that will make the H I think of into a more and more imaginary woman. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So founded on fact, no doubt I shall put in nothing fictitious, or I hope I shan't, but won't the composition inevitably become more and more my own? Wow. The reality is no longer there to check me, to pull me up short, as the real H so often did. So unexpectedly, by being so thoroughly herself and not me. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, we need to talk about that real quick, because I feel like that we we, we do that. You know what I mean? Like. I, and we started doing that when we were kids is, is you have that person that, that you know, you got like that crush on and you start like infatuating mm. and they become a, a fictional version of themselves that exists to be like the source of all your desire. You know what I mean? Like, like, or like you're like passion or whatever it is like, Oh, she's like this beautiful angel or whatever it may be. Like, yeah. like you, you kind of put them up on this pedestal uh, where she's so high. 
above me. You know, like that whole song. That whole song. That's all based off of that that notion of like. And, and you didn't that. you didn't create that out of lies. No, it wasn't. It wasn't necessarily. But you've yeah. selectively you're curating it in a way that creates something that is maybe a caricature. It's something yes. that's not necessarily true, although it's not made of lies. You know. And like, and the yeah. thing is, we do that. And, and, you know, at, at a young age, we do that when we're kind of like distant from this person. Yeah. And then you start dating this person. And then it's the same type of deal where now it's not like this kind of fantasy version of this person. Yeah. It's now you're, you're kind of creating a fantasy life with this person as you kind of try to, you know, as you do with you, as you're supposed to do with your dating, you're trying to like figure out, okay, can I do life with this person? Right? Yeah, sure. Is this something that we can do? And you start kind of painting what you think that would be like, what you think your relationship will be like. Even if you're like having issues at the time, you're like, well, you know, in the future, we'll figure it out and everything else. And then you get married and then you still have this person that if not for their ability to constantly be there and remind you who they really are, yeah. you would do the exact same thing. Yeah. No, that's and it's, right. it's one of the the beautiful things about like doing and living life with somebody is that the reality with all of its messiness is so much more beautiful than anything that you could like imagine and like fantasize or whatever it may be. And it's it's rough and it's dirty and it's messy and it's complicated. But it's real. It's real. And it, and it touches our heart. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And and, and the relationship is made of both yeah. and uh, the the good and the bad and the the sweet and the uh, tender and the and the rough edges as well. You know. And that's all part of the story. And it's interesting hearing Lewis talk about after lo- losing his wife, the fighting that regressive nature of going back to the earliest days where this person now just exists in this kind of idealistic form yeah. because it doesn't do justice to who they were, Yeah, you know, like, and it, and it yeah. doesn't do justice to what your relationship was mm. and the impact that they had on your life. And no matter what you paint them to be, it's just not ever going to be real. My grandfather died right before the pandemic. Yeah. yeah and yeah. okay. My grandmother died when my mom was a teenager. My grandfather got remarried shortly thereafter. She was bringing in her kids because she was she was remarried as well. Mm-hmm. Or she she had been married and she lost her husband in a plane crash, and they got married. All the kids came together. This big Catholic family, mm-hmm. so they you know they were together for the rest of his life. And he passed a couple years ago, and it was very interesting because obviously during the latter part of his life, he was starting to lose his mind, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, you know, and he couldn't remember everything. And, and it was very difficult for my grandmother because, of course, at that point, sure. every, all the kids grown up, they got kids. Now now the, their kids got kids. We got kids. Right. <laughs> you know, there's, there's grandkids and great-grandkids and everything else. And she's caring for my grandfather who is constantly like saying the same stuff over and over again, everything mm. that was beautiful marriage with all of this yeah. very frustrating, you know, uh, uh, stuff that you have to navigate with bringing these two families together and everything right. else and all the successes and the challenges and the, the, the realities that come along with that. Mm-hmm. And then like in the last like stretch and most anybody who's lost somebody to a chronic disease or something like that like, knows mm-hmm. the struggle of having to mourn somebody who's still alive, you yeah. know, as they're going through that process. Yeah. And so afterwards it was difficult because, you know, there was kind of a relief that came with that. And my grandmother and I, uh, this is very personal. I, I hope it's okay that I'm sharing this. Yeah. She, it's just me, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that's, I mean, uh, yeah, right. But she, when she would talk about my grandfather shortly after he died, 
you know, it was, it was just about those last few years about, not, yeah. it, it wasn't about like the long tail of their marriage. It was really about this, the frustrating yeah. end. And it was, it's, it can be very difficult for, you know, especially as a grandkid to hear, to hear those stories. Like, well, I have all these beautiful memories of y'all and of my grandfather and the weight of that, that tail end is, is not the whole picture. Yeah. I, all, all this beautiful overarching story and yet your grandmother, what she's processing, what she's processing at that the, moment is the really, really hard stuff at the end, which is fair that she didn't know what to do. With. Right. And exactly. that's fair. Yeah. And so that's, that's a good point. Skip ahead to, you know, the, the apocalypse, the world shuts down. We start back up again to the extent that we are. And we're at the beach last year yeah. and my grandmother's sitting back and she's talking about my grandfather for the first time you reflecting on their marriage and, yeah. and everything in just these really beautiful ways. Yeah. And even her first husband too, just sharing some of the stories about, about him. Yeah. Cause you know, all the families together, it's one of the first time the family's really been together since the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it was really precious to hear, but even in that it is kind of like now it's a little bit the other way where yeah. it's almost, I mean like too, it, almost too rosy. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. well, <laughs> <laughs> but but what that shows right. you is that she's walking through the stages, the right? Stages of grief, she, she's yeah. walking through them, and she's she's getting to the point now where she can accept this and yeah. and appreciate some other things. And, yeah, yeah, that's good. Anyway, all that's right. good. I, I don't know if I'm doing this, but behind the library, you're doing it right, man. Right or not, but you're it's doing just, it right. I love it. It's what it's making me. I think love it. Of, Let's know. continue. He says the most precious gift that marriage gave me was this constant impact of something very close and intimate, yet all the time unmistakably other, resistant, in a word, real. Is all that work to be undone? Is what I shall still call H to sink back horribly into being not much more than one of my old bachelor pipe dreams? And he's kind of talking about like what you mentioned earlier, Bo, like, you know, we, we, you know, oh, well now I'm just going to think of her like I did with this. Oh, if I just had her back, then my life would be perfect and all Mm -hmm, this stuff. mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. he goes on to say, oh, my dear, my dear, come back for one moment and drive that miserable phantom away. Mm. Oh God. Oh God. Why did you take such trouble to force this creature out of its shell? If it is now doomed to crawl back, to be sucked back into it. Today, I had met a man I haven't seen for 10 years, and all that time I thought I was remembering him well. How he looked, how he spoke, and the sort of things he said, the first five minutes of the real man shattered the image completely. Not that he had changed. On the contrary, I kept thinking, yes, of course, of course. I'd forgotten that he thought that, or disliked this, or knew so-and-so, or jerked his head back that way. I had known all these things once, and I recognized them the moment I met them again. But they had all faded out of my mental picture of him. And when they were all replaced by his actual presence, the total effect was quite astonishingly different from the image I carried about me for those 10 years. How can I hope that this will not happen to my memory of H? That it is not happening already, slowly, quietly, like snowflakes, like the small flakes that come when it is going to snow all night, little flakes of me, my impressions, my selections are settling down on the image of her. The real shape will be quite hidden in the end. Ten minutes, ten seconds of the real H would correct all of it. And yet, even if those ten seconds were allowed me, one second later, the little flakes would begin to fall again. The rough, sharp, cleansing tang of her otherness is gone. So, you know, he he is leaning here into, it's like, it's like as soon as she's gone... 
you can't experience her anymore to some extent, you know? I mean, right. it, so if folks say things like, well, let, let her memory live on in your mind. And, and that's good and fair. And, and we all do that and need to do that. It, that's but, such a, yeah, but it's such a lie. But what it's a, it is a lie. It's deceptive. What, it's, what, yeah. what you're remembering is not necessarily the real thing. Right. And so how do you experience that and go through it knowing that it's almost like the grief is knowing that you can't relive it in your mind. That's part of the grief is that you'll never have it again, even in your mind, because yeah. you just can't fully remember what someone or something is like. Yeah. That, that whole, and you know, before the pandemic, I remember very specifically like, legacy was such a crucial part, like, like such a motivating factor to me Yeah, in terms of like how yeah. I'm remembered. And now like just through the, through the lens of really contemplating the realities of death, like I, I it's not that I don't care because, you know, especially when it comes to like my kids and that yeah. sort of thing yeah, yeah, and the impact of on my family and, and that sort of thing. But in terms of like broader legacy, we have so little to no control over how we're remembered. Mm. And then on top of that, for the people that love us most, what they're going to remember of us may not be who, who we, who we want them to remember. And it may not be who we are, who we who really are. are. Did you ever see a, you, you watch some black mirror, right? Yeah. Okay. Did you ever watch the one? If you ever watch Black, if you haven't watched Black Mirror and you want to watch Black Mirror, just skip the first. It's episode. it's not well. It's not for everybody. Just and skip every, the first episode. Every, well, I, I've skipped Period. a lot of those episodes. <laughs> yeah. Some of them way too. I'm like, nope, can't. Uh, Sorry. Yep, yep. Yep. Too much. Way too much. <laughs> but there, I think it's like San Watanejo or something like that. I can't remember what it is, but the concept, and I mean, I guess this is mild spoilers, is that there is a digital reality. Kind right. of like a World of Warcraft type situation, except, you know, it doesn't look like that. It looks yeah. like real. Where uh, nursing home people can go and upload their consciousness and like be young again, right? Yeah. And the idea is that they're trying to sell them on this package that they can upload their consciousness after they die and kind of live on forever in this digital world. And the thing that I kept on watching that, I was like, yeah, but that's not them. Mm -hmm. That's just a copy of them. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's literally not them that i'm not and you know there's there's always black mirror always plays around with the idea of like consciousness and like what does uh what rights does an artificial intelligence constantly have? messing with that kind of it's, stuff it's and yeah. it's it's which is very thought-provoking yes yeah very much so but when it comes to like like ai as alternate life it's yeah. like okay well the reality is is that that's just a copy of who you were at the moment that you died a it's not you yeah it it's it's a version of you, but it ain't the you you. It's not yep. the source you. And the other thing is, it's you at a very specific time. Mm -hmm. You know, if you like, if you made a copy, if there was a clone of John David Cole and lived a separate life, <laughs> the world couldn't handle it. No, yeah. I mean, like, let's please, please not. <laughs> but like that 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 John David Cole, if we set you out on two different paths, you can come back together. There'd be a lot the same, but there'd be a lot different. You'd be yeah. a totally different person. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I don't know. It's just it's interesting that whole notion of well, they live on in, in your memories. Well certain parts of who they were do live on in your memories, but it's not who they were. And I mean, like it's a hard reality, but part of acceptance of it is, is realizing that it's gone. Exactly. Like that. And that is a hard, hard, hard thing. To even, even the full understanding of, yeah. of the package of someone, it's just, it's, it's gone. Yeah. Woo. 
Man, this is a heavy one. Isn't that deep? Let me read a little more. All right, a little more, and then we got we to gotta go, man. And then we got to go. Yeah. He uh, goes on later in the chapter, talk to me about the truth of religion, and I'll gladly listen. Talk to me about the duty of religion, and I'll listen submissively. But don't come talking to me about the consolations of religion, or I shall suspect that you don't understand. Unless, of course, you can literally believe all that stuff about the family reunions on the further shore, pictured in entirely earthly terms. But that is all unscriptural, all out of bad hymns and lithographs. There's not a word of that in the Bible. And it rings false. We know it couldn't be like that. Reality never repeats. The exact same thing is never taken away and given back. How well the spiritualists bait their hook. Quote, things on the other side are not so different after all. There are cigars in heaven, for that is what we should all like. The happy, the happy past restored. There will yeah. be pipe smoking in heaven. There will be pipe smoking. Um, he goes on to say, <laughs> and and that, just that, is what I cry out for with a mad midnight endearments and entreaties spoken into the empty air. Who's the RTS dude that's like, there's motorcycles in heaven? You know what I'm talking about? I uh, I don't know Jamie. Uh, what's his face's dad? I, I've I've heard oh Bebo Elkin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I've I've heard uh, Derek Thomas uh, multiple on in multiple sermons talk about talk uh, about God. Hey, well, that yeah. Also about how heaven is just full of animals, you know, <laughs> and you just get this like, man, I guess I'm at the zoo. <laughs> you know, it. So anyway, oh, he's he's talking about you know some of that 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 we were describing. Right, he's right, saying right. it's kind of like. Hogwash. People make you think that glory, heaven, the afterlife is like, okay, well, we we all left each other now, and now we're going to this far shore, and we're going to live together again, just like we did before. Right? right, right, right. And he's saying, well, that's, you know, if if the spiritualists have told you that, that's certainly not scriptural. Right. Right? That's certainly not, you know, we're, we're not just going to once we get there kind of thing, it's not like, you know, me and Bo sitting around, you know, doing kind of what we're doing now. It's right. just, uh, you know, it's 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 different. We don't necessarily know what that's going to be like. C.S. Lewis was always very good at, like, acknowledging, like, yeah, we don't know. Yeah, I know. Like, and, like, and, like, when <laughs> people are like, well, the yeah. church, the church, uh, people in the church say this. Yeah, people in the church say that, but they don't actually know. Yeah. Like, like he's very, like, there's great interviews with him where, like, People will ask him or challenge him about like culturally Christian things, yeah. And he'll point out like, yeah, they don't actually know what they're talking about. Like, you know, what I mean, he's 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 pretty good about like you know being very parsing like, that. Yeah, I mean, to, and and he does he does acknowledge that there are things we do know. Right there, there are things we do know. Certainly, you know, things that the scripture reveals, and and we know in in modern times as uh, you know humans that engage in science and other things. But he's quick to he's quick to be humble and to hold his hands out and say, well, we we just don't know. So it's it's interesting how he uh in engages with his wife's death and he's like look these people are telling me i'm gonna see her again and that we'll reunite one day and he's saying well probably not or or, or if so it won't be like you think it is you know so anyway man kind of interesting what was the book again it's a grief observed by c.s lewis published in 1961 and uh it's a little uh, about a hundred page book it's uh small and uh very approachable but you know whether you're a lewis fan or not you know or certainly whether you line up with his worldview or not i think there's something here for everyone just to appreciate someone that is going through it i've recommended this book to folks who have you know gone through not just seasons of life where people have died but but any difficult season right. of life and um and it's uh, i think it, it's been helpful certainly to me
So. That's good, man. Yeah. Yeah. Love Lewis. And, you know, I, I think about the fact that, you know, at this stage in our life, we've definitely had the opportunity to experience grief at, at varying levels. And we know a lot of our listeners have, you know, it, so this is typically the part where I transition, right? Like into our, uh, our, our Missouri Mearsham sponsor. Yeah. And so I don't want to do that in a jokey way. Cause I think actually this, this bridges pretty well, which is the reality that, you know, many of us that are listening to this podcast, when we're going through that contemplative time of dealing with grief, we're typically doing so with a pipe in our mouth and we're typically yeah. doing so like kicking back with a pipe. Sure. And, uh, and so, yeah, I just, it feels weird to say, you know, kind of our traditional Missouri Mearsham transition right yeah. there. It, and, and we want to do it, but it's part of, uh, that's how life is though, yeah. right? It's, it's, yeah. that's how life is. It's picking up in the middle of sorrow and then doing what you got to do. <laughs> Right. <laughs> There's something to that. I mean, at some point, like, okay, yeah. well, you know, I've got to, you know, Lewis talks about not wanting to shave. It's like, well, why should I shave? Well, you know, you, you got to shave. You got to shave. Well, I don't know. Have you, you seen you gotta, me? Well, uh, you look ago? right. I mean, I look but, great now. But you got to get up and put your shoes on. You got to get yeah. up and comb your hair. You got to go. You got to walk out the door and shop for groceries and go to work. Well, man, I tell you what, thinking about the hereafter, we don't, you know, there's so much we don't know, but I'd love to think that uh, heaven is filled with great quality corn cob pipes from our friends at Missouri Meerschaum. <laughs> man, we do think a lot of Missouri Meerschaum corn cob pipes, obviously. <laughs> and man, go to corncobpipe.com. You can check out their entire selection. One thing that they've been very diligent of doing uh, over the past couple of years is introducing new shapes and varieties. And and that's not something that a lot of pipe manufacturers do, but Missouri Meerschaum's committed to it. They're committing to committed to taking the corn cob, taking the corn cob pipe and and, and always reinventing it, coming out with a new design, whether it's to make it a more enjoyable smoke or to make it more visually appealing. Uh, there's something for everyone. So check it out. The new Aaron corncob pipe, the Merrick corncob pipe, the um, uh, Diamond Dagner poker corncob pipe. All of these are new designs that they've come out with in the past couple of years that have been uh, just big hits. And, you know, we've talked about so many others as well, the Kingston Judge and the Emerald corncob pipe. And, man, they just have some really, really, really neat designs for everybody. So go to corncobpipe.com. You can order it right now and they'll send it to your front door. And we thank Missouri Mission for sponsoring this show. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. 
like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Quick fire with the squire. Quick fire questions. All right, man. Quick fire questions coming in from Dylan. All right. Dylan has got us set up with our classy edition. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dylan, see, Dylan didn't know we were doing the finer things this year, <laughs> but I feel like this is, it was kind of teed up for this. And yeah. then I don't, I, I hope at some point we get, we do a finer things with some quick fire questions, but <laughs> uh, just in case it doesn't happen, we got to get these in. Cause this is good. You ready for this? Yep. All right, here we go. Top hat or bowler hat. I, I'm going to go with top hat by hair. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm a bowler cap kind of guy. Yeah, I know you are. Yeah, I really am. Yeah, monocle or princeness? Princeness. Princeness. These are the little glasses that sit on the nose. Teddy Roosevelt wore them. Oh, it's just the little the little glasses that sit kind of down here. The little tiny ones, and they're not attached to your. You clip them to your, the top of your nose. Yeah, yeah, that that. Okay, thing. like 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 Morpheus had in the Matrix sequels, except he didn't have them tiny, but they did clip to his nose. Sure, he yeah. did. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> He did. He did. I'll, I'll go with a monocle. Uh, yeah, because I don't think the Penzance would stay on my nose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a, my left eye is really, really bad and my right eye is kind of decent. So I, I'll, I'll go with the monocle. All right. Well, there you go. Ascot or bow tie? Bow tie. Okay. I am going to go bow tie as well. Boutique, boutonniere, 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 boutonniere or pocket square? Uh, pocket square. Okay. Yeah. What, what's a boutonniere? Isn't that the flower? The flower someone it is wears? A, I think it is a flower. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll go with the pocket square as well. Yeah. I'm not opposed to a boutonniere. I mean, I like a little bit of flair. You know, yeah. there's nothing wrong with it, but um, yeah. yeah, probably pocket square. A British accent or mid-Atlantic accent like Cary Grant or William F. Buckley Jr. Yeah. This this one's hard. As a, Could you do a mid-Atlantic accent so that I know what he's talking about? It, I can't. I'm not even going no, to pretend to try. I feel like you should try it. I'm not. So I'm not. Just about. stop. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to pretend to try. But uh, right. but I know what a mid-Atlantic accent is. Okay. It's that. It's that 19. You know. The, ah, I know what you're talking about. See, yeah. It's not. Not it, that it's mobster. It's more. Yeah. It, it's it's a little later than that, and it's got the. It's not quite the Southern Tidewater accent. Okay. But it's like a sophisticated, it, it's it's between Southern Tidewater and New England with a dash of English, like English, English, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there's a lot, it's a not, it's not erotic, not a R-O-T-I-C oh, erotic, okay. like, right? <laughs> Uh, it, hopefully, I spelled that word right. Uh-huh. But um, but where in in other words, it doesn't use the the letter R in a hard way. Okay, you know when when a something is a rhotic pronunciation, you're using that R like a another another. Okay. Whereas with the Mid Atlantic oh. accent, you're going to have another another another. Oh, I couldn't possibly do that. Like if you could just pass the champagne. There's something to that, like okay. kind of what you're going into. Oh, like Gatsby Old Sport, that kind of thing. It's that kind of. Deal. Okay. All right. I'm yeah. I'm tracking with you. And so you can, uh, and, and I'm sure there's plenty of videos of people um talking in that manner. All right. If y'all blue when you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where <laughs> fashion sits? Pardon on the Ritz, that that whole thing. I guess. All right. <laughs> 
I'm not putting on the Ritz. I'm going British. I'm going British. <laughs> we just described a mid-Atlantic accent. We took all that time. I made a couple of close calls on uh, on pronunciations, and uh, and we're going British. Yes, you know, just like Cary Grant and William F. Buckley. Oh all right. Gosh. Yep. Moving along. Cocktails in the parlor or smoking in the lounge? Oh man. Um, this is an easy one. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's smoking in the lounge, but can I have a cocktail I was about to in the say, lounge, too? It's cocktails and cigars like and smoking in it's the lounge. It's a both end, it's right? It's a both end. If I got a pick, give me my pipe, but it's better if I have a cocktail. Go to the parlor, get your cocktail, bring it to the lounge, and get a cigar, get a pipe. Yeah, yeah you're good. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. Great quick fire questions yeah. there, Dylan. Thank you so much for that. And hey, if you've got some quick fire questions for us, uh, send it into the show. That is show at countrysquireradio.com. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. Oh, man. All right. Listener feedback this week. Oh, Occasionally, we get called out by good friends. Occasionally? All the <laughs> slash all the time. And we deserve it. We do. We deserve uh, it. It's good to be correct. We take the L's all the time on the show. We're, we are more than welcome to be like, we, we, we are open to correction. We are, we're the first to admit we're not always right. Yeah. We're the first to admit we're rarely right. But yeah. I, yeah. I'm still amazed people listen to us. I, I'm shocked. <laughs> Especially Eric. Uh, Eric, of course, our friends up in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, what did uh, what did Eric say, man? Dear friend, he says, well, you're wrong again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eric, by the way, Eric is is one of the, like like the tops. Like when it comes to like accountability and getting things right, Eric is like, nope, nope, nope. I got you. But like, but, but he also is one of those people that we're happy to receive it from. Oh no, we love Eric. No, yeah, because this is, we know he loves us exactly. Um, like like his is this, this is loving correction. Absolutely, exactly. Uh, he says, guys, I just finished the last Country Squire Radio episode. Uh, Squire select rye pairing. Uh, Bo made the claim that Missouri Mearsham has never barrel aged anything, and he's wrong on two accounts. All right, well, hang on. First of all. I want to just point out that he is correcting us on the the Rye edition, and this is where this is where Eric gets points. Everybody and their grandmother got on to me for the Crown Royal flop on right. like, not not giving Canada its due when it comes to like Rye and right. whiskey. He's calling you out for the tobacco. He's calling us out for the tobacco. He's like, I don't care about the whiskey. Exactly. Like I, I'm, I, we're going in. You know, we're we're, we're going for the jugular. So here. so props. <laughs> Props. Anyway, please continue. <laughs> he says they released a small batch tobacco just in time for the Richmond Pipe Show. Limited edition Orchard Mist Crumble Cake. I, this was probably their second limited edition crumble cake. I can't remember. Uh, he goes on to say a, a select blend of Burley and Virginia tobaccos were aged in a peach brandy barrel for 90 days. And then Lord Morgan Crumble Cake Special Edition, an aromatic English blend uh, that isn't for the faint of heart. This tobacco is absolutely amazing, and the barrel aging really makes this thing sweet and savory and the Latakia is there but something magical has happened that has not presented itself with other barrel aged tobaccos like plum pudding and uh and so that's from eric uh anyway yeah really cool uh, we always love uh love getting that uh, those corrections and um especially from eric yeah yeah all right <laughs> thanks eric man yeah you're always uh, keeping us honest we appreciate you brother and, yep. uh, yeah hey if you've got some listener feedback or corrections for the show we welcome them. Show. We, we really do. Yeah, you can uh, you can send a bench show at countrysquireradio.com. And actually, let's 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 use the title wrong again. Like that should be wrong again. Yeah, <laughs> that that should be how you you, you let us know. We we need a complaints box on our website or something. And now for our segment, wrong again. Here's everybody from Canada. Here's everybody from Britain. Here's everybody from Florida. Here's, Here's everybody from. You know, right. like, <laughs> Here's all the Cary Grant fans. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's all the Gatsby it's enthusiasts. Not enough, not enough categories. Yeah, old sport. I, I, I finally figured it out after we, we talked about it. So, see, I always put a southern uh, twinge in there. I'm telling you, man, I'm, I'm, we're, we're about to look it up. Let's, let's close this thing. Up. Right, let's close it out. We'll watch, watch some Gatsby. All right, here we go. Uh, hey, you can keep up with this throughout the week. You can follow John David at John David Cole. You can follow the shop at underscore Country Squire. You can follow the show at Squire Radio. But all this information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. Well, man, from the library, I, I have to tell you, I really can't understate how much I'm enjoying the series. It was yeah. probably of all of the ones that we were kind of looking for, like looking ahead to. You had the most anxiety. I about. did. Yeah. I was so, I was so freaked yeah. out by this concept and it has been, I, I found it therapeutic today. Yeah. I, you know, I think some people will um, enjoy it. I think some people will, you know, kind of scratch their heads and maybe go into the next episode. But but okay. I, I hope overall folks uh, folks in, enjoy diving in with us. And God um, knows there's a lot of episodes over there. <laughs> I don't know about that. And there's plenty. <laughs> if you want to skip it, there's plenty to skip to. That's so, true. but I, I hope you hope you enjoy the conversation. We want to hear from you too. What what are your thoughts? Yes, so. and of course, send in any kind of passages you want us to read, or uh, prose, or books, or anything like that that you'd like us to read and contemplate. Um, you know, if they've got a little uh, tied in. From a, from a pipe smoker with some sort of yeah. little uh, thing in there. That's great. And, but honestly, if it's just something that makes you think, you can send that in as well. That's so, great. Yeah. yeah. Again, that show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Well, hey, man. Let's go have a day. See you, brother. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.